All right, we welcome you back in uh, to the tailgate here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Jeff Cardozo, Zach Albaverde here with you. It's our pleasure now to bring in Wayne Fields, who if uh, you've been listening all week, we've started a new segment here on the tailgate called Gator Flashback. And this is going to look back on uh, some of the, the Gator greats and Gosh, there's been a gazillion of them over the years, but uh, Wayne over the years has interviewed the best of the best. So, uh, Wayne, welcome. How, how did uh, all this flashback stuff get started? First, thank you, Jeff and Zach. Uh, it got started uh, years ago. I won't say how many years <laughs> ago, but we started out on a show in Ocala, a Buddy Martin radio station, yeah. along with David Peak as well. They okay. were owners of the station. And we interviewed former players and coaches from the University of Florida. And I wanted to find out what they're doing today. Yeah. So we'll flash back with the recordings of them. And on Friday, if you allow me, just like we will today, we'll also let the audience talk with the players and flash back with us. Well, and uh, we know the British Open's going on right now. So it's, it's almost like going out and eagle in the first hole. Like it, it can't get... It's hard to get any better than uh, the way we're going to get started because we've got Carlos Alvarez and Wayne's done a great job talking to uh, to Carlos all week and it's our pleasure now to to bring him into the tailgate and of course yesterday we we had so many memories of Banana Man and Gator Man and all these great memories inside the swamp and of course people inside the swamp and gosh my parents my my mom went to North Miami and that's where Carlos went and we had Nick Belmonte on the air yesterday went to North Miami so it's this Miami reunion even though we hate the hurricanes but Carlos welcome man and um, thanks for uh, joining us here on the tailgate. Thank you Jeff, Zach and Wayne I really nice to be here talking with you all and always nice to talk Gator football. Carlos, you know, you, you come to the University of Florida in 1968, and in 1969, you walk on the flea, on the field against University of Houston. Please, if you would, play that game back where you just had an outstanding day in receiving, and the Gators played the number one team in the country, University of Houston. Well, um, gosh, it's, it's hard to not talk about 30 minutes regarding that game. <laughs> There's so many memories that I have of that game. But basically, just the way you said it, Wayne, this is the number one team. Florida was rated number one party team by Playboy magazine that year. <laughs> All right. And we were, we were expected to, to take a beating. Florida, I think, had, passed, uh, had thrown for two touchdown passes the whole season, the previous season. Uh, but they didn't, uh, Houston never realized that we had a, a guy named John Reeves who was Tebow-like in terms of his recruiting um, out of uh, Tampa and uh, just a fabulous drop-back passer. To this day, my, my thoughts is that the best drop-back passer, pure drop-back passer uh, ever in uh, Florida football. And um, we went on and stunned him with an unbelievable game plan that was Steve Spurrier-worthy. Um, really, it was just an unbelievable game plan by Fred Pankos, the offensive coordinator, and, and uh, he he put it together. And on the third play of the game, uh, it was all set up. I mean, I didn't know about it until we went into the uh, locker room after warm-ups. But the third play of the game, I scored on a 70-yard touchdown pass where we got the kickoff. We ran two plays just to set up this third play. It was just all um, – this had been all set up. 
every time I lined up, I lined up the first time I lined up, I lined up a little bit closer to the, I was a flanker. So lined up a little bit closer to the tight end. They had a two deep coverage each. The next one, I lined up a little bit further away so that the, uh, the safety didn't know I was getting further and further to the sidelines. And on the third one, they were just expecting us to try to get a <laughs> short pass. And I went deep and John hit me in stride and, the rest of history, you know, the offensive line met me at the end zone, <laughs> and um, it was just a great game. Um, really, so many fabulous plays in that game. Jimmy Barr, another sophomore, uh, who Wayne, uh, I'm, I'm sure knows, scored um, the first game of his career too, and he scored on a uh, interception. Um, yeah, we broke a lot of records that game, and I think we gained a lot of uh, Gator hearts. You played with Steve Tannen, Tommy Durrance, and as well, Larry Smith, and you mentioned John Reeves. But do this for me. What would you and how would you compare the wide receivers of today with the wide receivers when you played? Um, I would say the wide re- I would say without question that the wide receivers today – have more athletic ability. Um, they're, uh, size-wise, is not that huge a difference, uh, except you do get every once in a while some somebody who is in the 6'3", 6'4", category. Um, and a lot of teams now are trying to get at least one wide receiver for that jump pass in the end zone kind of a thing. <laughs> but generally, uh, the but the athletic ability that the player brings to the to the game, I think that they're just better athletes. <clears throat> For example, and, and this is, I know this is not this era, but it's close enough, uh, a Percy Harving, Harving uh, we didn't have. We just didn't. Uh, the closest one, I would say, is Wes Chandler. It wasn't too far, but Wes is, you know, an unusual wide receiver, too, for his time. And um, so I would say uh, more athletic ability, um, speed, um Quickness, I'm not so sure about the same, um, you know, and certainly smartness in terms of knowledge of the game, I think about the same. Um, coaching is better uh, in the sense of there's a much, you know, ever since Steve Spurrier, there's such great knowledge about passing and, yeah. and how receivers run. But uh, overall, that's kind of the way I see it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously, Carlos, when you look at this, uh, wide receivers corpse for the upcoming season uh, a lot of I- excitement w- what do you think about uh, Billy Gonzalez coming here with Dan Mullen and what they've done really last season now heading into this year to kind of bring that wide receiver p- position along just from what you see watching those guys and it seems like they're doing a lot better job with their route running and, and being able to get open they they are and and just knowledge of the game right yeah. knowing that okay for this team this defensive back this setup it's likely to be this kind of coverage Mm -hmm. um and i think uh billy is doing a great job i think the world of coach mullen and i uh i'm really excited obviously we have we have the most depth i think of any wide receiving core in the sec um you know and but i'll I'll say this and i'll I'll give this a little bit of a warning (laughs) if the coaches are are hearing it sometimes if you only get thrown two or three times a game, it's harder to catch. That was just my own feeling. I think the more you get thrown, you know, the, the, the easier it is to, get, to make that great catch in the fourth quarter. 
you know, it's a lot harder if you haven't been used a lot throughout the game, you know, maybe thrown once or twice. And then in the fourth quarter, when you, when you have to have that catch to, to, to be able, uh, to be able to do that. You know, you talked, you, you talked about it and I want to interject this, Carlos, you talked about being thrown to a number of times, university of Miami game, 15 receptions in one game, most receptions in a season, 88, receiving yards for a career, 2,563. If there's anyone who deserves to be in the ring of honor, it should be Carlos Alvarez. <laughs> well, that's kind of you, Wayne. Um, that's, that's kind of you to say. You know, obviously it's not, it's not my choice. I will say this about the University of Florida. They've always treated me well. Um, and um, I, I have no complaints. And, um, you know, if I'm ever there, I, I, I'd be thrilled. But at the same time, if I'm not there, um, I'm fine, too. Uh, like I said, the university has, has always treated me well. Now, once, once you told me about all the, like, the 15 catches in one game, yeah, I was pretty greedy about getting thrown to. <laughs> <laughs> I would complain to John. I, I wouldn't actually, but but it, it was nice to uh, to have that kind of a, a system. And you know, back then, like we didn't have a lot of depth. And when and, and what happens is when you have that that number of catches, you got to have a couple of things going for you. One is not a lot of depth in the wide receiving core. Secondly, a fairly close game where you're being used and a, a kind of a high scoring game, so that you're, the offense is being used a lot. So you got to have a couple of factors, two or three factors coming in, and uh, obviously a little bit of luck uh, to get that done. Number 45, number one in our hearts, but also number one in the classroom. You are an academic All-American from 1969 to 71, three years in a row. You're in a degree in political science. You graduated with honors. You went on to law school at Duke University on an NCAA academic scholarship, and you were summa cum laude when you graduated from Duke hmm. in 1975. Yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I don't know what the criteria, well, I heard what the criteria is, but I would think that being in the Hall of Fame for the University of Florida, you also should qualify for being in the ring of honors once again, yeah. but an outstanding job. Currently, you're an attorney in Tallahassee, and how's that going? Oh, it's going well. I mean, it's going great. I've had a great career. I've tried wonderful cases, and um had my uh, nose bloodied a number of times and won a number of times and and really I've had a wonderful career dealt with wonderful people um, no uh, no complaints uh, no complaints there whatsoever I, I will tell you this just because it was reminding me as you were saying all those things nice things about me Wayne I got to get you at my PR person yeah really <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, as you were saying all those nice things you know one of the reasons I did well at Duke is when I went there, I thought I was so far behind the curve because I kept thinking, these guys have been going to school and I've been going to Florida Field. Yeah. <laughs> and I just worked so hard. But the reason I worked so hard is because that's what I had learned really on the field. So really, my, my philosophy when I went to University of Florida, which was really um, cemented there, was it, it's – Try your absolutely very best. 
it, it doesn't matter what happens at the end, the result, but do the absolute maximum effort because then you can look back and say there was nothing else I could do. And that little philosophy has worked well in my life, and that's what I did at Duke my first year. I didn't know where the, where the other kids were because at Duke, you, you took all the exams at the end of the year. So all a whole grade was based on a number of exams at the end of the year in each of the subject areas. So I didn't know where I was. But I was in, really, it was, it was until like 10 o'clock at night uh, and 11 o'clock at night just, just studying, studying, studying. And uh, I, I outworked them. I really, I've always felt that way. They may have been smarter than me, but I outworked them. And um, is, th- that, that uh, has been a, a very nice philosophy for me throughout my life. We're talking with Carlos Alvarez here on the Titan MRI Hotline, and, and Carlos, you know, obviously the the great college career and in the College Football Hall of Fame and, and all that other stuff as well. And you know, my, myself, I had rotator cuff surgery and didn't get to really play after college, and, and kind of the same for you. But your your life turned out as great as it was. So I, I know that there's obviously no regrets. But do you ever think about sometimes, like, man, what what would have been if if the knees weren't bad, or are you pretty content with uh, having that great career at Florida and, and being able to do what you've been able to do? Well, I think the answer to that is uh, yes, I am content uh, because really, when you get as old as I am, you, you're very grateful about your life. Sure. And I am so extremely grateful about my life, but I. And in, in, in the way I think of it, my, my the, the, the knee problems that I had, what if it had happened two or three years earlier? I wouldn't have had the career at Florida. Mm-hmm. So so to me, it happened, gosh, I wish I had, uh, my knees had given me one more year or two more years because I really, I, I never felt that I re- reached the potential that I had. In fact, I know I didn't reach the potential that I had. And I was getting better and better and better. In fact, I think maybe the reasons I hurt my knees is because I was going at it so hard that didn't know the physical limits or the kind of training they do now, which is a lot smarter. Uh, but I do regret that not happening. But at the same time, uh, make no mistake about it, I'm extremely grateful to, uh, to have played at Florida and really to have the, such wonderful, wonderful mentoring by, by some great coaches and, of course, the friendship of, uh, of my teammates. You mentioned David Peake. Uh, um, when I'm at Ocala, David was my roommate. Um, so um, we share some of that. But some of the really uh, great teammates that I had, all of that, uh, my goodness, am I grateful. And, Carlos, obviously you, you mentioned, uh, you know, the injuries and stuff, and you had a period where, um, you know, you, after the, the American Bowl, you had to have surgery and then three days later, um, your apartment was destroyed by a fire. For all the success that you experienced in college, what was that time in your life when, you know, it's always difficult for all players when you're trying to transition to life after football and you deal with just a period in a week like that. Um, how did you deal with that and, and kind of transition into practicing law and all the success that you've had with that? It was, it was very difficult. It was very difficult. After, after playing is very difficult. Um, here's a not, I mean, that period was difficult, but here's a kind of an example. So I, I go to Duke, um, um, you know, uh, the next year. And of course it's the next football season. Yeah. Boy, did I miss football. Mm. You know, you miss the excitement of it. You miss, 
it was such a, a wonderful high to be to be playing and the teammates and all that. Now I'm stuck in the basement of a Duke Law Library studying. <laughs> I did not I did not see a single college football game uh, that year because it hurt me so much wow. to watch it. And in fact, in fact, I the Duke uh, uh, the uh, the cafeteria was away from the law school, and you had to walk through some fraternity row houses to get to the cafeteria. And one day on a, you know, like an a, uh, early November, I'm walking back, and one of the windows is open, and they have a TV on, they're watching a, a football game. And I am there, and I I just kind of look in the window, and I'm, I forget who was playing, but then I'm kind of, like, mesmerized <laughs> with the game. <laughs> And one of the guys comes over and just closes a window in my face. Oh. And I was, my, how times have changed. <laughs> so, so um, uh, it, it really, it, it, it took a while for that. Um, really, it took, it took a while to, uh, to get over my career being over. And um, I think that's, and I see that with athletes all the time, you know, uh, where it's just hard to quit. Yeah. Uh, at the end. But but Carlos, you did get one more time in, in the swamp. What five or six years ago? I know you got to come back and be the the honorary Mister Two Bits, and of course George passed a couple of weeks ago. But how cool was that experience to to get back in the swamp and I guess see a north end zone full, a south end zone full? Because it wasn't like that back when you were yeah. running around. Yeah. Oh gosh, that was superb. That was superb. You know you. When you're playing the game, um, I think Wayne would agree with this. When you're playing the game, you go out on the field. You're not nervous. You're excited. You got adrenaline going, but there's no—I don't know—there's no fear. And certainly, when the game starts, you're forget about that. You're just into the game. You're in the moment. Jesus, was I nervous <laughs> doing this? <laughs> I was so nervous doing Mr. Two Bits, but I had so much fun because uh, once you get out there, you just you get into that role. I don't know, maybe he somehow comes and blesses you, but I was so into that role. And the lovely thing is, you know, is uh, I, I live in Tallahassee and we were playing FSU. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we lost the game, but I got to do the Gator Chomp because I knew where the FSU fans were sitting. <laughs> and, uh, boy, I went as, as, as soon as I, everybody started cheering, I just headed towards them and did the chomp run in front of them. And uh, that made it all worthwhile, even though we lost the game, unfortunately. That's awesome. And, and Carlos, we were talking yesterday on the show about, um, you know, the, the best Florida field traditions over the course of program history. And we got so many calls about Banana Man and Gator Man and the one man marching band from Micanopy, just some, some guys I never even knew about. Back when you played, what were some of your favorite traditions or things that happened in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium that really stood out that, that you can think about during your time here? Gosh, I... You know, um, you know, we are the boys of old Florida. It's about the only thing that I can remember that I can see as a tradition uh, from from back then. Because you were pre, uh, you were pre, ban- you were pre banana man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, not, not. I wasn't pre Neanderthal man. Look, <laughs> well, Carlos, great, great stuff. Thank you for uh, for for joining us here. And I know, um, you know, my parents have, have told me so many great stories about watching you run around in the swamp. I know many people listening right now can uh, just close their eyes and and think about that seventy yard catch and all the great things you were able to do, all those hundred yard games. So uh, 
appreciate you you doing that back then and, and still staying a strong gator well thank you jeff i i again i i thank you all for having me in the program i i thank the gator nation for being so wonderful to me throughout the years and uh, i really look forward to uh a heck of a lot more success uh in the coming years so uh Thank you again. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, Carlos. Thanks, Carlos. Take care. And Carlos, you, Carlos joined us on the Titan MRI hotline. If, uh, if you're hurt, not feeling good, then uh, go get an MRI at Titan MRI, one of our great sponsors. And I know there's been a couple of great sponsors out there, Wayne, as well, that are helping us bring these Gator flashbacks. And right now we've got, uh, we've got Greg Bradley on the line. Greg Bradley from Allstate Insurance Agency. And tell us a little bit about what you do and specialize in, Greg. Hey, thanks, Wayne, and thanks, Jeff and Zach. And, and that was fantastic hearing from Carlos there. And just happy to be proud to be a sponsor of Gator Flashback. Uh, let me put it in football terms. Just like the Gators and are preparing and strategizing and game planning this offseason, we, we help our customers prepare for those unforeseen losses. So, you know, no one wants to hear, sorry, you're not covered for that when something unfortunate happens. So at the Greg Bradley Allstate Agency, we focus on helping protect households where it makes sense taking your auto, your home or renters and life insurance, bundling it together to help you protect the things that are most important to you. So here's to the Gator greats and go Gators. Awesome, Greg. Thank you so much, and thanks for uh, for helping us bring uh, th- those great things that are going on. You need to call up Greg Bradley. Zach's got a bad roof, Wayne. <laughs> oh, a yeah. lot, lot going on with the house. He's got great rates for homeowners insurance. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Greg will hook you up. Well, Wayne, thank you so much. We look forward to uh, to next week, and I know a lot of Gator fans are going to look forward to who you're, uh, you're who you're bringing us next week, aren't they? Well, absolutely. We're bringing in Charlie Pell, the late Charlie Pell. And we'll speak with him on different issues from fundraising to the games and, the, and his players. And we'll also talk about his conversation during his departure, the University of Florida, with former president of the University of Florida, Marshall Kreiser. And on Friday, we'll have a surprise from one of his all-time great players, guy who was three-time captain when he played for Charlie Pell, guy by the name of Randy Scott and We'll talk with Ward Pell as well. Should Ward, be a great show. Yeah, Ward's a great lady. All right, great stuff, Wayne. Thank you for uh, for stopping by. We'll take our final break and come back and wrap up another week of the tailgate, powered by Davis Pre-Owned Auto Outlet. Here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Sarah Dasgurdy. SEC Media Day ended yesterday, and with that, preseason predictions are out. In the SEC East Division, the Gators were picked to finish second with 21 votes, behind the Georgia Bulldogs with 233. Florida gymnast Trinity Thompson is competing in the GK U.S. Classic tomorrow in Louisville. You can watch her at the Olympic Channel at 7 tomorrow. On Sunday, some of MLB's greatest will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Some notable inductees include Roy Holiday, Mike Lucina, and Edgar Martinez. Speaking of MLB, the Tampa Bay Rays and Chicago White Sox are battling it out tonight at 6.30. Tune in to WRUF for coverage. For ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF, I'm Sarah Dasgurdy. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF.